welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Designers, HALS is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. HALS Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore HALS Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining the podcast. Today, my guest is Desi Creswell. Desi launched her coaching practice in 2018. Her desire and capacity to coach evolved out of her interior design practice as she found herself drawn more and more to the business side and also found that her colleagues were leaning on her for support. High achiever that she is, and she told me that herself, Desi studied with Brooke Castillo at the Life Coach School, and as soon as she learned that her thoughts created her feelings, everything changed. In the coaching world, Desi focuses on guiding designers out of overwhelm, getting out of that busy spin, as she calls it. She also enjoys helping designers find their niche and branding it. The best way to truly understand who Desi is, is to hear from someone who has worked with her. Heather Peterson is a Minneapolis designer who hired Desi to be her coach. I asked Heather to say something about Desi, and here's what she said. Hi, this is Heather Peterson, a designer based in Minneapolis. Desi Creswell is my coach. Desi and I were introduced by a magazine editor friend who thought we might find ways to collaborate. The first time we met, Desi was pivoting from design to coaching, and I jumped at the chance to be one of her very first clients. Over the past couple of years, we've worked together to identify my niche, put processes in place, reconceive my website, overhaul my pricing strategy. The list just goes on and on. Desi is warm, organized, practical, and steady. She never tells you what to do, She helps you come to the understanding for yourself. I recently heard from a designer friend in Tennessee who had seen the transformation in my business and wanted advice on doing the same. My number one suggestion, call Desi. She will help you change your mindset to change your business and your life. Thank you, Heather. With all that's been going on lately, Desi's message is clear. Not to confuse reality, the facts, with our beliefs about that reality. Thoughts are optional, so why not frame uncertainty as possibility and opportunity? To bring in a related quote that is one of Desi's favorites, nothing is a problem until you make it a problem. On a more personal note, Desi lives in Minneapolis with her husband and two children. 
She does Pilates and was an instructor for a time. She says that that experience put her in an uncomfortable learning situation where she was a beginner again, and it taught her how to lead a group and hold the space for the different energies in the room. On a charitable level, Desi and her son are involved in St. Jude's Theater of Dreams. Desi's supported St. Jude's since her sorority days. On a fun note, one of Desi's clients started a design book club, which she's a part of. It's made up of women in the design world. Some are designers, there's a prop stylist, a magazine editor, etc. And they read books, both fiction and nonfiction, related to the home category. That's an idea that I think I might start with some of my friends. Before I introduce you to Desi, I want to tell you about a takeaway that she prepared for you. It's on her website, so if you go to desicresswell.com slash marketing mistake, you can find it. And while you're on her website, I encourage you to peruse her blogs. They're quite inspiring. And now, without further ado, I want you to meet Desi Cresswell. Hi, Dan. Hi, Desi. Good morning. I'm happy that uh, you could join me this morning. Yeah. Does yeah. Does sound, sound okay? Your voice sounds great. Yep, okay. sound clear. Perfect. So we're we're good to go. So Desi, I know that you um, you were a practicing interior designer, and you still mm-hmm. do take on a project from time to time. But what was it about coaching, and and being able to? What was it about coaching that that took you over to that side? Hmm. Well, it was a couple different things. Um, I think one of the big things is that as I was progressing my interior design business, which I had for eight years, um, I started noticing that the things that I was very interested in and was naturally drawn to were more on the business side of things. Um, And I was getting other designers. Um, I was very involved with ASID and my local chapter and people coming to me asking questions about business and um, just noticing that I guess that was something that I was interested in and excelled at and that wasn't necessarily a typical thing Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just started getting so interested in the personal development world started learning more about coaching I ended up hiring my own coach when we had our second child and um, was kind of trying to figure out how much momming I wanted to do versus working and started seeing the transformation that happened in my own life from these tools and started thinking, I think that there's really a need to apply these tools specifically to interior designers. And I could be that person that I really wish would have been available for me to hire back when, um, you know, I was in the thick of practicing. So it was, it was an evolution for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of seeing the transformation in my own life and seeing that I could serve the industry in a way that really aligned with my personal skills and interests. You know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking that inside of you, you know, these abilities that you have, um, the skills that you have that make you um, a successful coach. Like maybe you, you know, you needed to go through your interior design path 
to realize them. And maybe you, that's just another way of saying what you already said, but that, you know, like that, that eight years of your practice, um, that just kind of bridged and opened it up and let you see it and be, you know, stand out in this category of being a certified interior designer coach. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. It's like the path. Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. interesting. So what, yeah. What, what is when you, I know on your website, it says certified interior design coach. What does that mean versus like not non-certified? Yeah. So the life coaching industry is not regulated. So basically anyone can call themselves a coach, whether they've been trained or not. Sounds familiar, like interior design. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And, um, you know, I think there's a big conversation around getting your education or doing the NCIDQ and which I've done all of those things. Um, and for me, I, I see the value in a specific training. And what I did was I went through coach certification with Brooke Castillo, who's the creator of the life coach school. Mm-hmm. And, um, she is just an amazing coach. She's an amazing businesswoman, And I knew that I wanted to learn directly from her. And, that's why I decided to go and get certified um, so that I could really have the highest level of skills that I could bring to my clients. Um, so that's kind of why I made that choice right? and um, really believe in making sure that I'm bringing the best of um, what I innately am good at, but also taking that to the next level with the training. Mm-hmm. And um, so was that something that you went to, was it a one-on-one or was it, and, and was it a physical training, like where you would go somewhere and participate? In it was all virtual mm-hmm. and it was a six-month training um, for coaching and a six-month business-specific training. And I would meet weekly with a master certified coach and practice my coaching skills. I took on a lot of practice clients. I would practice with my peers, studying the materials. There were tests I needed to take. Um, submissions for other people to hear my coaching that I would go through. So it was a really rigorous program. Mm-hmm. Have any of the peers that you practiced on become clients? They have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they have. My practice subjects are now my clients. Yay. That's, <laughs> that's good. And what's in the world of coaching? Um, do you have a niche? I do. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in niche. Mm-hmm. And um, so I help interior designers stop feeling overwhelmed so that they can create success not only in their business, but success in all areas of their lives. So that's really what I focus on um, is getting out of that busy spin. A lot of people come to me and they say, I feel like I'm constantly busy, but I'm not making any progress in my business or I'm flying by the seat of my pants. And that's one of the things that I really feel strongly about is that you can have a really successful business and it doesn't have to be so chaotic. The overwhelm goes specifically into, I think, um, a lot of different industries. I think specifically the creative industries are um, especially impacted with it. And, um, you know, being from the interior design world, I know some of the kind of things that tend to come up for clients and where those pain points are. So sure. that I can speak directly to them. And and today with, you know, pandemic and news and horrible things, um, 
I guess it can get a lot worse. I mean, because then, you know, there's just this whole other side to just staying alive and surviving. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not, yeah, I think yeah. what's really interesting about this time that we're in right now is that we all kind of we all have our things that we work through, right? Or the things that continue to be the lessons we need to learn in our business. And they keep showing up for us until we learn them, right? Mm -hmm. And we're put into this more extreme circumstance now with the pandemic and all of the stuff that's kind of already there. Maybe it was just bubbling at the surface. It's just giving a chance to rise to the top and be even more amplified. Right, right. And are you, um, has your coaching practice, have, have you seen, an increase in inquiries? Are people laying low because they're scared about income or resources or, you know? You know, I'm really seeing both actually. Mm -hmm. um, my, my clients right now, I would say are not typically worried. Um, they have ongoing projects and things are good. They're in a good spot. Um, I'm hearing from people that are doing consultation calls with me that they are worried about what is coming, um, but I'm also seeing a lot of people making appointments to have consultation calls with me. So I think it's it's across the board, and I think that's also indicative of our thinking regardless, right? So regardless of the pandemic, because uh, some people are in business and have sort of the scarcity mentality of like, where, where are the clients? I need to go find the clients. Right. And some people are, the clients are there, the clients are waiting for me, I'm coming to help them. And again, it's just in this particular scenario that we're in, it's just amplified. Right. Your, your thinking or your beliefs around your work are just even more present. Right. And you, um, you said that, and this is something that you had written in an email exchange with me um, for your own in your own history, um, when I learned that my thoughts created my feelings, everything changed. Mm -hmm. So can you just explain what you meant there and then what that means for your clients and other interior designers? Sure. Yeah. So the, the real reason that the thoughts create the feelings is important is because and then our feelings fuel our actions. And of course, our actions create our results in our business. And whatever is in that thought line is going to show up in the result line mm -hmm. for us. So whatever we believe or what we're spending time thinking about, our brain is going to go looking for evidence to support whatever that thought is. Our brain would much rather be right mm -hmm. about whatever it's believing than feel good or um, spur us into positive type action. So that's why that's really important is because our thoughts are very optional. They don't always feel like it, but they actually are. Mm -hmm. And we have some control over it. And I think the the coronavirus is a great example of how we can take a neutral circumstance, such as there is the coronavirus in, in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, some people are loving this time, right? They're, yep. they're picking up new hobbies and enjoying the time off or really diving into their business behind the scenes. And some people are completely stressed out about it. They think this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And it doesn't really even matter, you know, who's what's more true or who's right. But 
the way that we think about it, what's happening externally in the world is going to create a feeling for us and directly impact our experience and our results. And so when we take a step back and say like, what, what is a way that I'm going to think about this that's going to actually serve me and serve my community and the greater good, Right. then we get all of our power back. It's not something happening to me. It's, it's something that I have control over. Right. You know, I, I totally get that. Um, what, but when I think about people who really, you know, maybe they didn't have a full pipeline of projects and potentially their clients have pulled back. Um, or I'm thinking about, you know, bartenders and people that aren't interior designers. And when some of your basic needs aren't met, you know, and there's mm-hmm. that fear of money, like how do, mm-hmm. how do you get through that? Like, you know, the, the idea of choosing a, a mindset I love that. But how do you, you really need to work extra hard, I would think, to get through to survive, you know? Well, I think it's about bringing neutrality to the circumstance. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about choosing a mindset, it's not that I think you should try and slap a positive thought on something that you think is really negative. It's more about, so in the example that you gave, it's Mm -hmm. more about not arguing with reality. Because when we argue with reality, that's when we suffer. So someone who is experiencing a job loss, like a bartender or someone who's in a restaurant, if they're spending a lot of time thinking this shouldn't be happening this way, something has gone wrong, that's going to create a certain experience for them as opposed to if they can take a step back and say, yes, this is what is happening right now and what can I do about it? How can I make this work as opposed to this isn't working? Right. And sort of vic- playing victim a little bit. Or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think victim is a, um, is a loaded word. But for a lot of people right now, I feel like the coronavirus is the villain. And that just takes away all of your power. So when you start to be able to take responsibility and just acknowledge, yes, this is the experience of our lives right now, mm-hmm. then you can actually move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that answer it, your question? It, it does. It does. And it takes, you know, it takes work and practice. And that's why, <laughs> that's why people go through uh, coaching and training. Because yeah. It and takes, I think it's yeah. so, and I think it's so powerful to even, not even just try and think your think differently right away. I think it can be a really powerful experience to just even take a look at like, what are the thoughts I'm having right now? Mm-hmm. And what's that producing for me? Right. And sometimes, you know, recognizing those thoughts or the, the emotions that you're having can be tough as well, you know, because we oh, absolutely we, we tend to sublimate things a lot. Um, mm-hmm. if they're, especially when they're unpleasant. And, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. You said, Designers may feel icky about selling right now. Um, so can you tell everybody listening why they, how they can get around that and not feel so icky about sales and marketing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that in general – what I find with my clients and other, you know, just interior designers in the industry and something that I had to work through myself 
is that sales can be a tricky thing to begin with, right? Yep. And feeling like you're selling yourself, which in a lot of ways you are, um, but tying that back to your worth. And so I think that that can be a hurdle for people to begin with. And now there's sort of this additional layer of challenge, right? And it's really, I think, coming from thoughts like the clients are going to dry up or people feeling like the the bottom is going to fall out or something like that, right? So that's coming from that scarcity standpoint. I think one of the things that's really important to acknowledge here is that uncertainty exists regardless of the pandemic or not, right? Yep. And so spending time thinking about the uncertainty of what might happen is not going to serve you at all at this point. And one of the things that I've really been encouraging my clients to do is look at uncertainty from the perspective of possibility. So like what is possible now because of this? Mm -hmm. Or what could be possible in the future with this break in kind of being out and about and being constantly busy? Because really there's no way what we, that we can possibly know exactly what's going to happen in the future. Right. That is correct. We can all agree on that. Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and even just going back to the beginning of our conversation where you mentioned about, you know, my path leading up to coaching, there's no way that I would have ever known starting my first job in interior design, that this is where I would be today. Right. And so when you think about the, the possibility that existed from that first point in which I entered the industry and now there's no way that I could have predicted that and so what if this uncertainty that we keep thinking about is actually the beginning of something wonderful Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really powerful place to be in because that gives you responsibility for what you can create then oh yeah and I think so go ahead no I was gonna say after you said that, I just felt this like opening up almost like inside me, you know, it was, mm-hmm. an ex- I felt excitement. Yes. And so when you feel excited, what do you go do then? Um, <laughs> well, I might write my thoughts down. I might call somebody um, mm-hmm. or I might, you know, hopefully I would go into an action then, but I could also, because of the way that I work distract myself out of it but you know I get that excitement and that's energy that I know I could utilize to propel myself forward yeah and I think that's such an important distinction because if we're focused on the uncertainty that's going to halt all of our action exactly and then that is for sure going to create an uncertain result for you in the future but if you're thinking of something that's creating that feeling of excitement and openness it's like you're going to start reaching out to people you're going to start getting creative about how you can market your business or attract new clients right now And that's when the possibilities really start to open up. Yeah. I think taking advantage of that time, you know, of that moment, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when, when one feels it, it's like really important to stay on it and, and do something. And even if, you know, you reach out to somebody, like say I, you know, I felt this like, oh my gosh, you know, wow, I'm so excited. I'm going to get in touch with somebody and see if they'll, you know, write a story for the magazine or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a great Mm -hmm. idea. But, um, and if I propel and do it with that excitement in my voice, you know, then I can, Mm -hmm. I'm much better at having a chance of, 
of um, of them saying yes because they're gonna it's gonna be kind of contagious. You know, when you're upbeat and positive, yes, yes, you uh-huh. attract. And if you're sitting in that place of the uncertainty, the negativity, then it just uh, you know you're not as um, engaging. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I think you know then just transitioning more into the that was that's more of a mindset shift, right? But then how that transitions into the more practical day-to-day tactics you can take, right? So looking for the ways that you can be in control of your business Mm -hmm. and how you show up because that's something that you always have control over is how you personally show up for your business. Right. And then, you know, thinking through like, what decisions can I make right now? Because a lot of people I'm finding are getting stuck in indecision. It's like, well, should I offer e-design or who should I be marketing to right now? Because they feel like this external circumstance is shifting, which it obviously has. But then you can start thinking like, what can I do today to make tomorrow better? And I think, you know, that can be marketing initiatives. It can be over delivering for your current clients. So that way they have such an amazing experience. They are for sure going to refer you in Mm -hmm. the future. It can be making yourself more visible to your audience in a lot of different ways. And I think that's one of the things that's really important to be doing right now is making yourself visible. So that way, as things shift and we get back out in our communities and start kind of, I I won't, don't want to use the, the phrase return to normal, because I think there will be a new normal, but, um, you know, then you're going to be top of mind for those people that you really want to attract. Right. But being, and being visible right now, um, that's also a kind of a hot topic right now. Like how, what is your message? How, what are you communicating? When you're focused on the value that you provide, which as interior designers is immense, there's no reason to feel salesy. You are there to help. And right you're there to serve right um yeah and i think and i think that's kind of the mind shift right of not showing up because i want something from you but because i have something really valuable to give yeah there's the that's the spin i mean that mm-hmm. but that's the truth it is the that's truth that's the yeah. truth mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, and I actually, I developed a special guide for your listeners Mm -hmm. just for this episode on marketing itself, and it's called the number one marketing mistake that you're currently making, and this is going to teach them about that marketing mistake and give them a new approach that they can start implementing immediately with Mm -hmm. their marketing, and, you know, going back to this feeling a little bit icky about the sales or being salesy. This is going to give them that shift that is going to allow them to show up in a way that is really confident and they can be coming from a place of providing value to their clients as opposed to um, coming at it from uh, what's in it for me. Where is it on your site? So you'll go to, I had a special landing page made for it. So it's desicresswell.com forward slash marketing mistake. And they'll go to the landing page and they can just pop in their email and the PDF will get sent to them. And um, it's just an incredibly valuable set of questions that I think every designer should take the time to answer for themselves. And it's going to really, really shift the way they're showing up in their marketing. Well, thanks for doing that. Um, Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm, I'm, again, I think, you know, you do this for interior designers, but 
there's so much that's applicable beyond. Anyway, I consider myself an interior designer. <laughs> I'm like, even though yeah. I'm not, I'm like, I'm one of them. Designers, Hals is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Hals Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore Hals Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. So what, what's it like to work with you? Yeah, so whenever we talk about a coaching partnership, which everything that I do is one-on-one directly with my clients, it always starts with that conversation that we have on the mini session. So clients will schedule on my calendar and there's a way to do that on my website. It's just www.desicresswell.com forward slash schedule. And it's a totally complimentary mini session. The potential client has an opportunity to tell me what's going on for them. And then I am able to offer my feedback and help them figure out exactly what the real problem is. Cause often the problem we think is the problem is not really the problem. Mm-hmm. And then we can make a plan for going forward if it feels like a really good fit on both of our ends. And then after that, it's a completely customized one-on-one coaching partnership. So we start out by identifying really what your business and life vision is that you have. And then we create priorities of how we're going to address that. And that's something that we do together to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need out of the coaching. And I do um, weekly virtual calls with my clients and we kind of take it from there and really dive in. And it's a combination of the mindset work and also just the business strategy and how we blend those two together. Because I really think that to get the best results in your business, you really need to have the pairing of those two. Mm -hmm. So that's the main way that I work with clients. The other service that I offer is called the custom niche. Mm-hmm. And it is a branding process that I have put together. And um, I walk my clients through that. It takes about a month. And it's really focused on identifying your ideal business and your ideal client. And I think that, you know, just speaking to the marketing aspect of this conversation, it's so much harder to market your services when you don't know who you're speaking to. And so when I go through that process with clients, they get tons of clarity over who they want to work with, why they're uniquely positioned to serve that group. And then at the end, I put together a brand brief where they have specific language and um, topics that they might want to be covering, say, in a newsletter or social media that are going to speak directly to their ideal client. Mm -hmm. Also ideas about where they can go to network for those ideal clients. Um, and it's just been a really great process for people to go through and get a lot of clarity so that they can actually start getting those dream projects that they want. Right. And that's that's also a, a um, different kind of coaching for you that g- gives you variety in, in your day-to-day, you know, gives you mm-hmm. – um, uh, yeah, that's that's neat. Yeah. Do you um, – are you working with 
people all over the country, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And yep. what, what's the Minnesota design scene like? Do you go to events? Is the ASID active? What's it like out there? Yeah. Well, I think we have a wonderful design community here in Minneapolis. Um, that was actually when we were looking to move. My husband um, was matching into a residency. And so I, of course, was looking at the cities from a design perspective, too. Um, and we have so many wonderful resources here. The ASID chapter is amazing. Um, I was very involved in that for a long time and was on the board and just loved it. We've got such a great group of people willing to help each other out and so much talent here. So, um, yeah, I, I love the design here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to, when I was an editor at Country Living Magazine, I would go to Minneapolis frequently, and I mostly was in with a group of antique dealers there. Oh, okay. And there was a, a woman out in, I think, is Bloomington a suburb? Yep. Yeah. It and, is, yeah. And called mm-hmm. Hopped Antique, and she had um, a monthly sale. It was like a four-day monthly sale. And it okay. was it was such a great event. And then I, I don't remember if you and I talked about Hunt and Gather. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh God, that store. <laughs> Actually the the owner recently reached out to me through Instagram and I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I do want to connect with her again. You know, it's yeah. It's so interesting how lives um how we connect somehow, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a fun store. I love that. Yeah. So what what is the best part about what you do? Mm, so many mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I think I think the best thing is that I really get to empower other interior designers to take control of their business instead of letting their business run them. So, I mean, when we work together, my clients are starting to make more money. They're getting those dream projects that they want. And they're also finding time to actually have a life outside of business. And, and I just think that's incredible that I am able to facilitate that transformation for my clients and, and not just see it in their life, in their business life, but also in their personal life. You know, I've had people tell me that their spouses even notice a difference in how they're showing up in their relationship Mm. with them after working together. And so I think, you know, being, being able to be witness to that is really, really special. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you become, I'm just curious about the coach designer relationship. Do any of your coaching relationships end in friendships? Some do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one client in particular, um, and yeah, she's just been great. We've hit it off and um, you know, I think it's still a little bit of, you know, I, when I'm in coach mode, I'm in coach mode. And when I'm in friend mode, I'm in friend mode, right? Um, because I think that I offer a very safe and welcoming place to become, to come to be coached in a, in a non-judgmental way. Mm-hmm. But I'm also always going to tell you the truth and I'm going to reflect back what's going on in your brain to you. And that I think is one of the beauties of coaching is that I hold the space for you to just be you and have that time focused directly on you as opposed to a friendship, which is more of a dialogue. So um, even though I become friends with some of my clients, there's still that, that distinction between the two relationships. Right. And then of course, vice versa, you know, you have a, a friendship that develops 
and and um, you, as somebody who can read people well, might think you really could use some coaching. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> would you rather take that on, or would you sometimes rather recommend somebody? Have you started to coach a, a dear friend? No, I've never coached a dear friend, mm -hmm. um, especially not my mother. Um, <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> I've referred her on to some other coaches. Yeah, they all, so I mean, and I think the biggest thing is you never want to coach someone who doesn't want coaching. Mm. So always getting that permission first. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's an interesting line. It's it's a I think it's a case by case basis. Can I hold the space for this person in a really non judgmental way? Right. Because I want to provide a, an environment where they can feel like they speak freely. They know that I have no agenda for them and the only goal of it is to figure out what is going to be best for them and for them to make decisions that are going to really empower and serve themselves. It's not about what I want for them. Right. Now, question um, just about how this new normal has affected you because, okay, you um, your office is in your home, yes? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. It is, yeah. And now you have two kids that are at home with you. Yep, a three and a six-year-old. And okay, so um, how's life different for you? What what are some of your new routines? So some of them are exactly the same, and some of them are very different. Um, so I still am making sure that I have my morning ritual, which is getting up, I work out, I meditate, and then I coach myself for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And that has been. Um, my routine for a long time now and I've made sure that that has remained a priority because what time do you get up uh usually around 5 30 okay yep and that is just I know that when I start my day that way it's going to be a better day so in in that way nothing has changed can I ask you of one course... question about your morning ritual sorry yeah. I'm, I'm always yeah. like curious about everything when you yeah. say self-coach um is that journal writing? Is that, what, what does that look like? It varies per day mm -hmm. and depending on what's coming up for me. But often what I'll do is I'll do a thought download, which is just kind of free writing. And then um, I might do it just as whatever's coming up. Or if there's something that's been particularly on my mind, I will say like a topic and then I'll just free write on that. And then I pick some things out to further question and explore similar to what I would do with a, a client, basically mm -hmm. asking myself questions that are going to explore that thought, what feeling it's creating, what actions, what results, and then even trying on some other possibilities of how else I might be looking at the situation. Okay. So there's there's that, or sometimes I'll notice something throughout the day and um, have some awareness and I'll make a note of it and then want to take some time to further explore of like, huh, I noticed I had some real resistance to doing this particular task. I wonder what that was about. What can I learn from that? Got it. Okay. So, okay. So getting, I interrupted you plenty right there. So getting, <laughs> making sure that some of your routines stay, stay um, in motion. So your morning routine yep. and then yep. how else has what's been happening? What's home life like for you? Yeah. So we are distance learning with our kindergartner and um, also our preschooler, but obviously that is a little bit more loose. And 
for us, we are very scheduled people. We, I say, my our family, my husband and I, my son especially loves routine and structure. And so we've been creating a schedule every day and doing our best to kind of stick to that. So the biggest thing that is different is having the kids home more, right? And that is something that I'm playing around with. Um, my husband is home some of the days, and so he's been a huge help when I do have client calls, figuring out ways to set them up to do kind of their own thing, an art project while I'm on a client call. That's mm-hmm. been, you know, a learning curve for all of us and trying to get them invested in being uh, independent. So it's been a shift. With that being said, it has not been perfect. There was one day I was on a call, and all of a sudden I'm hearing uh, dance music blaring from our lower level mm-hmm. and hoping that mm-hmm. the client can't hear it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best just to like all the other working moms out there. Right. But I mean, and people are a little bit, I think more lenient and forgiving with, with our home offices. Right. And the things that yeah. might arise. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think just really adjusting expectations for yourself too of, you know, I've had to say, like, I'm going to table a few things right now that I was planning to get started because it's, you know, not going to be in the service of what what I want to create for this time. It's a whole new level of work-life balance we're navigating. But I'm really happy um, not commuting. You know, I love mm-hmm. – uh, the only thing I miss is listening to podcasts, which I could do, like, two podcasts a day. So. Oh, I know. I, yes, I was, I was just talking to someone about that. Yeah. I feel like I'm totally behind in my podcast right now because I don't have anyway. I know we have to figure out something because we're, I also feel like it's a time to sort of create some more or, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. happening between podcasts and, and zoom meetings and Facebook lives and all that content that's being driven right now. There's a lot of mm-hmm. opportunity in that yeah, respect for sure. For, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway, well, this has been a pleasure. I'm, I'm wondering, is there anything else that is like on your mind that I have not thought of that you think is important to, to talk about or any words of inspiration or encouragement? Yeah, well, I mean, I do see a lot of positive things coming out of this time. And I am seeing that people are just getting so creative with how they are approaching their business. And I think as creatives, we are really made for this time in a lot of ways. And so to be looking at it, again, that sense of possibility, but just, you know, people offering e-design or figuring out ways to package their samples that they're dropping off to a client in this most beautiful way. Or um, one of the designers I follow here in Minneapolis, she's always sourcing amazing vintage finds. And so she was offering a service where you could hire her just specifically to find a few of those key unique pieces. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's such a great idea. So I love seeing the creativity. I think that's something really positive happening right now. And then also the fact that people are still signing new projects, my clients that I've talked to this week have all signed new projects. And so I know there's a lot of, a lot of talk about a potential recession and things, you know, maybe going on hold for projects. But I also want to say that stuff is still happening Mm -hmm. and want to give that as 
words of encouragement to everyone who's listening that there are people who still need your services and are still signing contracts and those people are out there and it's up to you to go find them now. Yeah, I'm no I'm so glad that you said these words because you're you're right. I'm I'm encouraged as well listening to designers mm-hmm. who are getting new projects, clients are inquiring and so it's that and that ties back to why it's so important to be visible at this time because people are looking to to make their environments um suit them better. And yeah, we're I mean, we're stuck in our homes that's all we've got and that expertise yeah that expertise that a designer brings and that's so great about the woman that's doing the vintage I was thinking I cut out I was going through some magazines the other day cutting out um just some words that resonated with me and one of them was personal shopping and you know I, I mean designers do that in essence all the time but I just felt like like that's what the vintage uh the woman that's specializing in vintage it feels like you know she's really um doing that level of concierge shopping and um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I thought it was just so genius because it, it absolutely ties into her brand and what she is so gifted at. And so it's just another way to offer that to her audience. Yeah. Well, I thank you Desi for your time and for making that special um, handout that people can download as well, which we'll put in our show notes and yeah. Yeah, it's a really amazing guide. So I really hope all your listeners take a chance and um, just download that desicresswell.com forward slash marketing mistake. And um, and then I would love to hear from anyone who download it, downloads it and see what comes up for them and what they're able to do with it. Totally. And I just want to also say, um, you know, I first heard about you by listening to one of Luann Nigera's podcasts. So I always like to give a shout out to those other people in the podcast world who, who show me other, you know, new people. So I, I have enjoyed that podcast with Luann and, um, and I'm so glad that we can make this work and I look forward to getting to know you and having you be a contributor at Designers Today. I'm looking forward to that too. Thank you so much, Jane. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Seb. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.